thing. You blacked out, but all of a sudden you see your Google history, and it's like hentai, but for drills. Yeah, I think this movie like manipulated me into Googling it, I'm pretty sure. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the ADC HorrorCast. This is the Creative Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at ADCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Long time no see, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else whose love can destroy this whole fucking world. It's Mark. That's damn right. You nailed it. That, yeah. It, yeah. That was the quote. <laughs> it was that or who wants to show right you up. his sewage pipe. <laughs> Ooh, you should have done that one. Ah, I want it to be a little nicer. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack, I also didn't want to say show you his sewage pipe, but then I said it twice anyway, so here we are. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, boys, we've got a doozy of a flick to talk about. We watched 1989's Tetsuo the Iron Man, which was a Jack pick. And fair warning, when we actually get into talking about this, we're going to spoil the whole fucking thing, but that could not matter less, I think, for a movie. It's not the what, it's Um, the how. It's the how. With this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And hey, we do have Patreon going, but we're not where your money should be going, so as it has been for a couple of years now, all of our money, Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America. So you can head over to patreon.com slash A-T-O-Z, horror, support the show at your level of choosing, get some perks for your troubles, and know your money's going somewhere better than our dumb asses. But if you can't do that right now or just don't want to, that's cool. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out with us, but just try to do something you can for someone who needs it. A bunch of links of resources we've been donating to can be found in the show notes, and a lot of people need your help these days, so just try to do something. If you need a little escapism hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit so boys you know what that means it's time to do the getting drunk part so on that score let's do beers for fears hey mark hello what are your beers for these fears buddy <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was afraid I, I forgot to put my <laughs> mouth up to the microphone <laughs> i forgot how this works we're only 250 episodes in um you asked me what my beer for this fear is i am drinking iron horse double rainbow this is more a play on the uh, name of the brewery, Iron Horse, than it is on the Double Rainbow, uh, because this movie could not be anything more opposite a Double Rainbow. There is, it's <laughs> only black and white, and even then, like I struggle to understand it's, how it has even less color than black and white somehow. It's <laughs> as spectacular as a Double Rainbow. Yes. Sure, there you go. It's as spectacular, <laughs> but exactly opposite of a Double Rainbow. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I went a different direction with my beer selection. I got a Japanese beer. I got a Kirin Ichiban premium beer here uh, for two reasons. One, obviously, this is a very Japanese movie. Um, and two, uh, a Kirin in traditional, like, South Asian mythology. I know, like, Korea, Japan, and China all have some variation of a Kirin. But a Kirin is, like, the mythical creature that comes to mark the either appearance of or passage of a great sage or visionary. And there should be a Kieran flying overhead at the end of this movie because there's a conglomeration tank nightmare mass of horribleness that's coming to take over the entire world. So you're saying the there coming should be of a, a Kieran involved? There should be a Kieran. I see. There's a, the, the, it's a coming of a new if great If they exist, sage. it better show the fuck up. Exactly. That'd be the time at yeah. the end of this movie. Jake, what about you? Yeah, I also own the Japanese beer. I have Asahi here. Um, and frankly, it was the available Japanese beer at my local grocer, so it's what I went with. I, I think if I could have picked one, I probably would have went with, like, Hitachino Nest Beer. That's probably my favorite Japanese beer. Um, I like a Hitachino, yeah. The Asahi's like good. Orion's good. They make some good beer in Japan. Yeah. I, it's, I'm a little hungover today, and Asahi Dry is, is just fine. 
It's going down <laughs> real nice. I, well, yeah, let's, I, let's, I'll also, jump on that one. I'm also drinking one because you brought a six-pack, and they are a wonderful way They're to delightful. Yeah. Right, let's get this out of the way. You guys needed to record a little earlier today. It is 8.30 a.m. where I am, Hell so yeah, cracking Jack. a few Hell Kieran's yeah. at 8.30 a.m. It's going to be a weird I, day. Kind of surprised yes. you're not doing like a beer mosa or something like that. Ah, well, I've also gotten my, uh, I've got, I've got, in fact, a whole pour over full of coffee. That's my second one of the day. I'll be mm. uh, pugging off that, too. Gotcha. Um, you going to Irish that thing up a little bit? What? You going to Irish that thing up a little bit? Maybe just I don't some... have any whiskey around me. I don't know. I, I've got well, a I can't 12 pack of Kieran's around me. I mean, in the other room. I'm saying I have 12 Kieran's in the little cooler next to me. I'll probably be cranking cooler. through those. <laughs> Keep a cooler next to me <laughs> like for my that. recording. I, I, we should get a cooler for in here. Uh, you have a beer fridge 10 feet away. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's in the other room. I like having a cooler in here. Oh I will God. say that being in Honolulu, I had access to every Japanese beer, certainly of which I've ever heard, and many of which I had not heard before. Great. Uh, that, it's a popular And you went with a Kieran, huh? And I went with Kieran because, Mark, they ma- mark the passage of a, or appearance of a great new sage. Okay. And because they were a tw- an $8 12-pack or whatever you said. Yeah, that's the real reason. Yeah, I, yeah, know, I know it is. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Eight ninety nine for this 12-pack of Kieran. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But boys, drinking beers and watching Tetsuo the Iron Man is the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. And ordinarily, we'd tell you about everything else that's been rocking our horror world. But as we record this, it's going to be very close to the uh, first of the month, that month being May of 2022. Hoorah. How the fuck is it already May? Very strange. Almost halfway through the year. Yikes, Rooney. We are wow. a third of the way through the year. That's how fractions it. work. I hate it. Goodness gracious. I don't want, so, I don't want to talk about it. we've got to do the horror release roundup or HRR where we're going to talk about all the upcoming horror movies coming out in May. I do want and to talk I about still that. still don't have a good grasp on this format. Do we just go? Is it just and, and so do? Let's talk about our dark horses first and then work our way up to top one. Okay. I like that. First off, what'd you guys think of this month? Interesting month. Yeah, pretty solid. 21, something like that movies on the list. And some like more theatrical releases than I was expecting. Maybe we're just getting back into that world where movies are expected to be released theatrically, I think. I, yeah, or... it's true. And I did notice that a lot of them are limited theatrical. I don't know if I was perfect on writing that one down, but a lot of them are like releasing in LA on this date, and then two weeks later it's on VOD. The sure. other thing that we're seeing a lot more of now is there are two this month that are theatrical releases from Paramount that are then going on to Paramount+. Plus. Like immediately. I, well, I don't know what the timeline is on those. Very but quickly. I, would assume, I mean, in the past, they have done both a two-week delay and immediate. I think it's, uh, Quiet Place 2 had like a two-month lag or something like that. Same with HBO and Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's released day of on HBO and in theaters. Sometimes like with the Batman. They yeah, wait, exactly. Like, the Batman they charge like way more, right? Yeah. It's like $20 well, or some shit. No, no. It's, I, everything's, you don't pay for any more on HBO ever. Yeah. It's oh. like Batman is just on HBO now. The, the Batman. Batman. The Batman. Just the Batman. Like the Pattinson. Man, movie. and if you want to kill three hours, that'll do it real slowly. Yeah. You didn't like it? I, I kind of liked it, but I was also like going in knowing like this is a three-hour-long fucking too long. slog movie about Robert Pattinson brooding. And hey, it was that. And it, I, I think I enjoyed it, but go in with your eyes open as to what it is. Dude, and it if is I want to watch boring. Robert Pattinson brood all over his screen, I'm going to watch The Lighthouse. Abs- and it's a be- much better film. <laughs> the Lighthouse is. Yes, but okay. I, I, hey, I liked it. Uh, what, what, Jack, what is your dark horse for the month? Yeah, so I want to talk about Monstrous. Okay. This Love it. Christina Ricci. Yeah, Christina Ricci. This is a movie I don't fully 
understand what era it's set in from the trailer. It's kind of like one of those like ambiguous eras. Yeah. I think it's a little bit in the past, sometime between the 70s and now, it looks like. Uh, but this is about a woman and her son who move away from her abusive husband. We can uh, pin it down into... to anywhere within a half well, century. I get what he's saying. The, styling, <laughs> the stylings are definitely closer like to the 70s, but I yeah. can't tell if that's just her style. She has a corded right. phone that I think has the... It's not yeah. a rotary, is it? But it's or was definitely... It? Not, I don't think it's a rotary, but okay, she, so... she could have just gone to this house that has old shit. Right. Like, so I don't, I don't know, know, but it's definitely not like a period piece is what I guess. No, no, no. Right. Um, but, and, and they move into this lake house, and then the kids start seeing a monster in the lake that's adjacent to their house, and it seems like it might be a parable for abuse also. Oh, um, it definitely will be. And it looks, the reason it's a dark horse for me is because I'm worried it might go, like, these, you know, kind of parable movies are a little bit tricky to get the balance of correctly, but certainly Christy Ricci seems up to the task of, of performing such a feat. And then also, this movie looks stylized as hell. Um, the color palette is is kind of wonderful. Um, I'm hoping they use that to good effect as the tone shifts of the movie. It just looks like it could be really, really good, but I, I have concerns. That's why it's my dark horse. I think yeah. that makes sense. It was definitely on my radar. It's one of the ones that I want to talk about, so I'm happy we were able to cover it for sure. I agree. And I agree with almost everything you said. Okay, I like it. Jake, what about you? What's your dark horse pick then? It's buddy? hard to pick a dark horse that has actors of the echelon that I'm about to say the names of, but Duel is Fuck. a dark horse for me. <laughs> yeah, Duel. Aaron Paul. Like, the problem with this movie... Oh, my best friend, Aaron Paul, who came to my <laughs> yeah, house Yeah, your best time? friend. You wouldn't even let him in your house. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the problem with this movie to me, not a problem. My Aaron, concern, I would let you in my house just so you know if you're listening. Yeah, come back. Mark will let you in. <laughs> I don't live in the same house as Jack does. But. <laughs> Look, the thing that I'm a little scared of is its ability to sustain its kind of offbeat tone that it seems like it's going to have. So the, the synopsis here is basically that... This and, is and a for world. The this is dual D U A L. D U A L. Thank you. Even though it is about a D U E L. Yes. Correct. Weird. <laughs> but there are two of someone. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a play on words. Yeah. I hope you and could not say it has not understanding. You could say there's a dual word. meaning. Um, <laughs> oh, but you would spell it with an e in that case, right? There's a dual meaning. Oh, just a fuck. Jesus. Now we're, now we're oh just my doing god! It I can't do it. This is a world where people can clone themselves if they're going to die. But in a twist, Karen Gillan's character ends up not being on death's doorstep anymore. So as a result, she and <laughs> an her oopsie clone are an oopsie poopsie with, with death. She and her clone have to duel with an E themselves <laughs> to death one year after they find this out. So it's kind of about her training for that day. And it could be really great and funny and awesome or it might just fall flat and i don't know it the, i'm pretty these people it should be great I, i'm pretty convinced at this point that i will watch karen gill and do anything yep there you go I, I do too but it doesn't mean it's it, it's not a surefire thing for me it's too i don't even know what to call it it's too offbeat for it to be a, a fastball fair i uh i'm just gonna jump in here this was my top one for the month I don't and blame you. I know I'm going to fucking love it because the num the first review you see of it on IMDb is something to the extent of <laughs> worst movie I've ever this seen. is the worst movie I've ever seen. Right. And that usually <laughs> lines up pretty well for me. Yeah. Awesome. People awesome. don't tend to like uh, stupid, contrived sci-fi premises. Unless Although they're like extremely hoity-toity like Blade Runner shit. But I feel like it's kind of a resurgence in the last couple of years. There's that, uh, was it Paul Rudd show, Living With Myself? Uh, about he no, had a, clones of himself. There's Severance on Apple Plus. Uh, I still need to see. 
excellent show. Is that about of, clones? I thought that was just about like losing your memory when you go to work. Yeah, it's it's not clones, but they're it's effectively a separate being you create while you're at work. They've they're their own consciousness, right? They have mm-hmm. their own memories and have none of your original memories. So it's you, but it's also a brand new being. Interesting philosophical concepts. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Duel looks fucking Duel. awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. I Mark, what about you? What's your dark horse before we dive all the way into oh, the Oh, I absolutely ones? have concerns as well. Uh, my dark horse was a um, foreign movie coming to Shudder called The Sadness. Um, okay. The this zombie is, movie? Huh? The zombie movie? The zombie movie. Uh, look, I'm famously the zombie guy. Yeah, you are. Uh, actually, you sort of usurped that title for me. I fucking love zombie movies, but then you watched all of them first. So. Wait, are you fucking playing with a straight face? Well, no, and Mark, this, are you doing that, this with a straight face right now? You're yeah, forgetting well, the know, only Mark, reason we called him that was just because he hated it so much. He didn't want to be the zombie guy. Yeah, but we called we also called him that because he had seen all of the zombie. And now movies he's like, "How dare you have that title? It should be mine." You fucking <laughs> asshole! Go away! <laughs> well, I'm not doing this with you. Just like uh, how I'm the found footage guy. This <laughs> took me a second to figure out what the hell. Uh, I was actually watching. The trailer takes a minute to get going, and then, yeah, it turns into zombie ultraviolence. Well, the, the trailer's actually delightfully awesome. short. Yeah. Oh, was it short? Yeah. I actually didn't even... I think it was like notice. a minute 30. Okay, that's spot, good. Which 90, is awesome. 90 seconds is what you're calling Really well-constructed yes. trailer. Yes, honestly, that's a fucking... I've, I've already tight. waxed about that. Mark, like but. you said, I, I thought this movie was like a slow burn... Psychological tight, Like one thing. house psychological what, what drama. I thought I got into it. it. It got into it pretty quickly, but for a while, it's like, okay, yeah, I get this. Yeah, it ultra takes violence, a se- though. It takes, yeah, that, then it gets, then it t- turns hard into zombie ultra violence. This is coming to Shudder on uh, May 12th, so keep an eye out for that. I am pretty excited for this one, actually. The, I guess nice. from the Dark Horse perspective, I don't know the level of quality it's going to bring, especially with zombie movies, like a lot of things have been done before. So if the only thing this one has going for it is just that it's going to be extremely gory, then I guess that's notable and could be entertaining and fun. But it also, if it just doesn't do anything new, I don't know. Yeah, is I mean, that could be limiting factor. For a movie to come the trailer back? was a minute 13. That's tight. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it It's on Shutter. I'm going to watch it. It's also a zombie movie, so I can't help myself. Apparently, <laughs> pretty. Solid. You're the zombie guy. Hey, you, I'm just. Even though I try hard to be the zombie me. guy, you are definitively the zombie guy, and everyone has always said that I about you. It. I hate it so much. Yeah, I don't even like zombie movies. <laughs> Wrong. Hey, hey <laughs> who picked a zombie movie in this last draft? Huh? Uh, not you me. did. I don't Jack think I did. did. Jack did. Mark did too. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, the battery isn't that a zombie movie? Oh fuck! I did pick the battery. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't remember what I picked. Oh, my God. Either way, boys, that's Dark's horse out of the way. Mark, we've already talked about your top one, which is Duel. Hell, yeah. Uh, So I'll break into my top one, which is Firestarter. (laughs) Hell, yeah. You're doing the Firestarter remake. Oh, I went the Firestarter. It says it's a reboot on Wikipedia. It looks like a remake. It to- I the can't fuck is imagine the difference between a reboot the- and a remake. A reboot should have some conceptual difference in its approach. Like, it should at least go in a different story. Well, and also, I, I feel put- like a reboot specifically is the same story. You're just doing it with a slightly different style. So what is but there has been a Firestarter movie I think since a the reboot 90s. is What's in the same. Then? A reboot is in the same world, world. in the same cinematic yeah. universe. Yeah. A remake is you make the same movie like, again. When you when you made you know uh, you made Halloween again, but you put Jamie Lee Curtis back in it. Reboot. Hmm. Okay. So it's a remake, and we're quibbling with the reboot classification. 
It's definitely a remake. That guy doesn't yeah. even get us, man. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, look, for those people who do not know, Firestarter was a Stephen King uh, I think masterpiece short story. Masterpiece that was made into a movie in 1984 that was less than perfect, uh, hey, shall we say. Okay. This is about a, a young girl who develops uh, uh, pyrokinetic powers, or as, you know, it's like a coming of age story. Um, which Stephen King felt it was his place to write a whole bunch of uh, young girls coming of age, but whatever. Um, this, but this is the reboot is produced by Jason Bloom, uh, Blum. I don't know why I said Bloom, um, <laughs> and starring Zac Efron and and a young girl. I don't know. It just looks very good. Kurtwood Smith is in it. I'm very excited for it. Wait, it, Kurtwood uh, Smith is in it? Yeah, I think he plays like the lead agent, the lead government agent, trying to track her down. Kurtwood Smith is uh, Red from that 70s show. Red Foreman right? from that 70s show. Yes. God. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play the grandpa. He just like it's it's just a a brief (laughs) glance at him. I don't know if he's going to play like the grandpa or a government agent, but probably one or the other. Uh, But either way, this actually looks like a pretty well-made movie. Um, And I'm excited that Blumhouse is picking up Stephen King projects now. Pretty rad all around. This is also Uh, another one on the books for a theatrical release that is also then coming to a VOD streaming platform like immediately in Peacock. This is I think this is the first major Peacock thing we've had like. Did they do the, I know you did last summer, TV series? I feel like they had one horror series that came out like a couple months ago. But other than that, we haven't really talked about Peacock that month shot here. No, we really haven't. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a sign of things to come. Hell yeah. Get after it. As people are flooding away from Netflix. (laughs) Now there's the possibility to gather audience, I guess. (laughs) Mar, Jake, what about you? What's your top one? I think Mark should talk about his. I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll give you one guess as to what mine is. Oh, I had Stranger one written down four? that... <laughs> Absolutely not. Woof. I'm like not that interested in Stranger <laughs> Things season four. I feel like it, we, we really don't want... Now that we're not doing the written thing, we've we've streamlined our already very streamlined podcast. We don't talk shit about things. But I'm going to talk shit about this a little bit. I don't understand, man. Um, I really hope that the last trailer just hit me on a bad day. I'm not very excited. I'll watch it. But it's I'm, got sequel bloat, but out. it's still going to be fun. Yeah, sequel bloat for sure. I'm almost out. I'm, I'll watch it, but I'm not excited. Whatever, just release it and I'll fucking David watch David Harbour's it. still in it. I'll watch it. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah. I still love... I, I mean, those they're great characters. The The world is cool. They just have a lot... We started out with kids playing Dungeons & Dragons, and now teenagers are fighting the Cold War. Like, it's taken us four years to get here. Yeah. <laughs> or God damn And also it. the devil, I think. The pandemic, man. <laughs> I... Ten bucks says Finn Wolfhart's band is going to play in this fucking oh, season. Oh, that, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, man. I, so I kind of respect Finn Wolfhart because he's doing, like, everything that you do to be, like, to, as a famous person now. He's, like, doing TV shows, movies. He's got a podcast. He's got, he's just out, he's on, like, he's, he's like, he, I don't think he was on Top Chef. I think he was on Master Chef, but he's guest judging on cooking shows. Yeah. He's, like, fucking everywhere. He's got to H- make up for being in the turning. He's one got of the band. worst movies. He has to try harder because he has one of those faces that just looks like everyone else, you know. And he's not aging into it as gracefully as he might have hoped. Oh I think. God, no. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be sort of like a Haley Joel Osment or Elijah Wood type that kind of looks like he's a kid for until he's yeah, like fifty. Shit worked out great for them. So, so that uh, we should probably say it's the first half of the season. The second half yes. of the season comes, comes out, out in this July. Fall. Oh, which also July? Like, I, thought it, I thought it was July. I, I think it probably is July. They, they did that because they're losing so many subscribers, right? They decided to drop half the season early, even though they, they decided to uh, I mean, yeah, micro yeah, factors in. It's certainly something to keep people like sustained, but 
They should try it's, this really novel it, thing called releasing like one episode a week. It's not. It's it's not the first time that that's happened. No. So no, it's not. Whatever. Sure. It's not. Anyway, you want one more guess as to what mine is? Shepherd was the yeah, one I'd written it, down it, that it you and Jack Shepherd. would probably like that I had absolutely nothing to say anything about. Yeah, it is Shepherd. I mean, really stark, moody location. Uh, seems like it's going to be a slow burn psychological piece, and it looks like it could have been made by A twenty four Ari Aster. And it was made by <laughs> Sabin Films, who yeah. have a spotty track record, but have some good ones in there. They did, I mean, recently, Vivarium, Guns Akimbo, Come to Daddy, uh, We Summon the Darkness was another one that was really good. Oh, yeah, so. that movie was, was, that's a good little indie flick. If you haven't seen We Summon the Darkness, watch it. Anyway, this is about a dude, He his wife dies, I guess she had some sort of a, she had cheated on him in the past, so he's going through some shit in multiple ways. And he takes a job as a shepherd on this island off the coast of Scotland, uh, I think. Shit goes down psychologically and probably more so than just psychologically. It seems gorgeous and, like I said, stark is the best word I can use to describe it. So I'm going to watch it, if for no other reason than the cinematography and the this this scape, I guess, of it. But yeah, looks really fucking cool to me, man. I'm in. I agree. It does look pretty cool. I have an unrelated question. Is Saban Films the same Saban that made the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show? No, it's it's Nick Saban. Not. It's Nick Saban. Yeah, it's Nick, Sa- Nick Saban's film venture. <laughs> 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 no, I mean they they I I should say they also have they have a huge catalog, uh, and it includes all of the weird uh, Bruce Willis movies that I feel like now we know he was sort of tricked into making, um, like Breach and all that other shit that <laughs> uh-huh. sucked on ice. So I don't, I don't know how was, to feel about them, actually. I don't think he was tricked into making them, right? Didn't he make them because he just wanted to have, one, keep himself occupied, and two, have stuff to do and like make money before he couldn't anymore? I, I don't know. I guess. I, I'm not it's It's, it's morally ambiguous either way. But. Turtle from Entourage did like five movies with him, and that feels about right to me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Saban films. But no, I do not think that Saban Power Rangers is the same as this one. Maybe. Okay. I'm almost I actually do think they made the Power Rangers movie though, the newer one with like teens and Which was fine. From what, twenty eighteen or something like that? It was pretty good. It, it was, was it was fine. better than I was expecting a Power Rangers movie to be. Which was pretty good. I in retrospect, I actually really liked that movie. Can't participate in this it's, conversation. It's, it's it was fine. It was a very long advertisement for Krispy Kreme Donuts. Ooh. I I will also remind the audience that I fucking love Mortal Kombat and you guys didn't. <laughs> so I thought depending the first on which seven one of, you... of Mortal Kombat had the makings of one of the best films I've seen. <laughs> Anything else we want to touch on? I have a bunch more that I want to bring up just to make I sure have we say a few. Them. Okay, go yeah. for it. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Torn Hearts. <clears throat> oh God, really? Yeah, which actually, one's this one. I don't remember this one. This is the one the about music the yeah, thing. like the country music duo that go to this estate of they someone go to Dolly Parton's house idolized. and then she kills her. Yeah, she, them, she turns it into like this Parton. wild thing where they're supposed to battle it out for yeah. her own weird fantasies. This was like a backup to my Dark Horse. Okay. That's the level of excitement. Not, I'm going to wait and see how it's received. Probably it's going to be one of those. But it looks like there is the core of something there that could be interesting. Oh, this was a Paramount one. This is coming to Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount. There you go. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, we, we're the ones who's going to put them over the top. By Paramount Plus. When they write the history yeah. books and they say, you know, Paramount is the juggernaut that it is today because they gave a very modest sponsorship deal. Netflix would be doing fine right now if they'd sponsored us. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have consulted. I feel like they yeah. could have consulted with anyone and done a better job. Yeah. 
Anyway, I think Torn Hearts <laughs> could have something going on. I'm not sure that it looks amazing, yep. but that's why it was backup Dark Horse. What are your gents' thoughts on men? Yeah. A24. Hell yeah, that was on my list too. I, it looks weird, and it I want to see it. very weird. It's the, the fucking thumbnail for this YouTube trailer has been popping up on YouTube for, I don't know, seven months now. I feel like the, it's like smiling face. Yeah, the the yeah, smiling face, green and yellow highlighted dude. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, just before we move on from Torn Hearts entirely, uh oh, no. that's a uh, Brie Grant bad. who has come upon the show a lot recently, director of that movie. So that's, that's awesome. Neat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm even yeah. more in actually. Well. I'm borderline in then. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um sorry, Mark, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> it's I just gone to get from runner up dark horse to borderline in. Hey man, that's like if you were to <laughs> if you were to have to put a number to it that's like at least a half point <clears throat> it's gonna be a play-in game but it's it's a contender it's in the dance yeah it's a playing game yeah for sure okay yeah but yeah men looks very strange <laughs> it's an a24 movie i'm only bringing it up because i feel like there's a subsection of our audience that will be interested in it i am not yeah and i am there you go i'm interested yeah i mean fucking i loved lamb so much yeah i have to watch that still yeah we got i'm surprised you didn't pick it he well i have to watch it Oh, anyway, it's it's your it's my movie assignment? to watch this year. Well, he gave me two. I don't know if it was the main one or the backup one, but I do have to watch it. I know that. Yeah. So I will. I also want to talk about the found footage phenomenon. Thank you. Yeah, this was buddy. the next one I was going to bring up. That was the last one that I had on my list. This actually. was going to be this was a, to- a a contender for top one for yeah. me for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm happy you didn't pick it because it this is actually just a documentary about found footage. Yeah. Uh, film which is fucking awesome mm-hmm. and i'm happy i like documentaries about horror and the history of the genre so hell yeah yeah looks looks really cool um very excited about that i was really proud of the number of movies from the trailer that i had seen. that you'd seen yeah most i mean they they it appears that they're doing it right because there is a non-negligible amount of time that is devoted in the trailer to the last broadcast so that's good. You and cannibal, and cannibal Holocaust. Well, you have to do that. And Borderlands slash The Final Prayer, which yeah. I found interesting because that's a pretty small movie. I don't know. It is. Yeah, but, but they're it's, also it's one of the best found footage movies, man. It, it seems to be also be framed really well because they've got such an easy starting point with Orson Welles' War of the Worlds that they're talking about the like radio broadcast. Totally. Um, so very. Yeah, cool. I think they're gonna. I think that that's gonna be great. Do we remember how that's launching? Is it just general VOD, VOD towards it's the not end like of the a month. shutter thing? Yeah, yeah I couldn't VOD find anywhere. It, it seems like it should be it on seems shutter. Like it should but... be a shutter thing. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep an eye out. Exactly. I have I three more. Uh, that May nineteenth. I have three more that we can fly that through. Real you quick. found worthwhile. Okay. Sure, bud. First off, the innocence uh, from one of the co-writers of Thelma comes another story of kids who have a kid who has superpowers that can't control them and then becomes yeah. hunted and seems moody seems well shot yeah it i mean where's this movie that it's coming out the same time as firestarter <laughs> what was where's this out of is this like a norwegian thing uh i didn't specifically look also but yeah, somewhere in because it's Nor- thelma the country thelma adjacent yeah production yeah okay um next up escape the field a movie that seems Fuck to be riding the coattails of In the Tall Grass, but I am movie. I am for it. Actually, I highlighted really? I highlighted I highlighted this one green, which means it was a contender for top I, one. I knew you'd be for it, and so I took a quote <laughs> down from the trailer just so I could rebut you. Okay, I have to find it. I think In the Tall okay. Grass is an underrated movie. Yeah, In the Tall Grass is great. Patrick Wilson singing uh, Midnight Special. It's great. Hell yeah. I think there's more to these objects than their obvious functions. <laughs> they put that in the trailer. <laughs> That that was the death. Huge now. spoiler. Huge spoil. Unfucking believable. God damn it. Well, yeah, it's unwatchable now. They put that in the trailer. <laughs> like what? I this is so I know, much is, yeah. dumber than Duel. Yeah. And I'm gonna love it 
as if, much. If or this more. treats itself with the sort of tender love and care that it needs to, in the sense of acknowledging how stupid it is, then it could be okay. Yeah, if it's as stupid as it is, which it is, yeah. uh, but as earnest as it <laughs> necessarily, seems, which it's it also as stupid seems. as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then you could be. Then that's a with good gas. recipe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, lastly, I was actually sort of surprised now that you guys brought this one up, but the aviary is actually coming out at the end of April, April 29th. We missed it last week, but or last I month, couldn't get but, a good read on this one. Uh, it seems like it could be a good cult survival thriller thing. Hmm. I'm just mentioning it because it seems I don't, it's got legs. Sure. I, I one soured on it throughout the course of the trailer. There's I thought it got better through the performance the concerns. Well, maybe. It's Whatever. two. It's the the duo of actresses on the screen are, appear to be basically the only actors. Yes, it's a lot to do. And then there's like random ghostly, yeah. cult figures. Yeah, but uh, it's it's not for lack of atmosphere. I think I, if you like those movies of escaping a cult, uh, then this hate them. Hate this looks movies. like a stay very tuned for good our podcast later today. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, it's only one part of it. It's not even what it's about, man. Doesn't even get us, man. Let's go to the feature presentation. <laughs> That's the second Let's time we use that today. Over at ADCHort.com this week, we watched 1989's Tetsuo the Iron Man. Although I was concerned we were going to have some discrepancies about which version we watched because it's a dollar it's a dollar ninety nine to rent on Google Play versus two ninety nine on Amazon, etc. But Google Play says it's a two thousand three film. Which would well, be the wouldn't that just be one of the remake or not no, remakes but sequels? It is the original Tetsuo the Iron oh, Man. That's the one I wrong. watched. Can confirm the original one, but it's dated I mean, you can't miss it. <laughs> you cannot miss it. It is <laughs> You're gonna know. A one of a kind thing. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, we're going to get into that. <laughs> One of a three kind. But either I way, can't speak to the other two. That's true. I can't either. Nor will I, I ever. There, I think there was a remake. I don't know. But there were two other films. I think they were, re- I think they were uh, yeah, sequels. Body Hammer came out in 92, and then Bullet Man came out in 2009 or 2012, something like that. Okay. Um, either way, this is not a 2003 film. You're safe to watch this on Google Play for the 1989 version. It's like our um, age. It is alright. Jesus Christ. Almost. Um, but either way, boys, I picked this movie and I love it. Say why. why? Yeah. I mean, because I love it. It's <laughs> we ha- one, we haven't done body horror in a while. Is what we got me not. on the train thinking about it. Yeah. I like body horror quite a bit. Uh-huh. We haven't done a body horror you are movie the body in quite horror some guy. time. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um and then I was thinking of body horror films and I was going over a list and I Stumbled in my head upon Tetsuo the Iron Man. Hasn't even come up that much on the podcast, frankly. I'd never uh, seen it. Yeah. It's, well, it's kind of a hard injection into normal conversation. You have to like Agreed. already be on the train of talking about body horror or something yeah, related, related to surreal dick dong <laughs> drill things. <laughs> dick dong Mark, drill had you, things. Had you heard of it, Mark? Yes, but I had absolutely no semblance of an understanding of it. I mean, we've talked about it. It's come up on our polls before. Yeah, um, I, I tried to sneak one in. I for, I think it was for Jack, but I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was. I I know it wasn't for me, but I uh, I don't know. It just it, it's not one that was present on my radar. I wouldn't have been able to tell you the first thing so about it. You went into it this relatively blind. Then am Completely I giving it that? Fair? That's fucking Hell outrageous. Yes, going I'm into so this movie blind is. This. 
Rough. I, it was a no, rough experience. I, for I me. yearn for that experience, buddy. Okay, well, this, this was I am worse my for it. No, third <laughs> or fourth viewing. I think third or fourth viewing. I'd say that's a lot. Okay. That's Good a lot of Lord, times. why? So this because was a movie. It. I do, I do love it. This is a movie that I found. This is in that like early college quasi intellectual era, right? I'm I think a lot of people sure that fits. Can I jump in because I'd seen it yeah. once and I was racking my brain to remember if I saw it with you or not. Because I saw it in college. I watched it alone in college. What the fuck? Who did I watch it with? It wasn't alone. Watching this movie with multiple people is a different experience. I might have watched it with you after my first time viewing. I watched it with somebody. I don't know who it was. Um, Either way. But you know that, like, I think I got it much more than most people, but that, like, quasi-intellectual phase of early college where you're reading a lot, you're learning a lot, like, deep into Bukowski, deep into Hemingway, deep into philosophy, and then deep into, like, auteur films and, like, things that push the, what, what is cinema, and Chien Andalou, right? I got into it around the same time. And, and then I heard about this movie in some film discussion involving Unchien Andalou from like a what what is a, a film and what does auteurship mean like what, what is it you know total control of an ex- film experience mm-hmm. etc um, because I think this movie is similar to like Salvador Dali's influence on Unchien Andalou kind of controlled the same amount yeah and so yeah. I sought it out and I think I'm sure I torrented it at the time, allegedly. And uh, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has expired on that one. <laughs> and holy diver, uh, I didn't I didn't really know what I was getting to, except for that it was you know the allusions to Enchian Andalou when I watched it the first time. You never forget but, your first time. But this also helped me kind of break through that quasi intellectual phase because like it shit doesn't just have to be Bukowski and heavy and stupid. Like you can kind of have auteurship that is. As deep and interesting, but also silly and fun, which I think, I think this, this needed. This, yeah, I. Whatever Th- right, this like, needed to come from Japan. Bukowski is inarguably a good writer, but his shit sucks, and he's a huge misogynist. So it's like you gotta like. There's yeah. plenty of of good authors. Sa- same with kind of like in Chien Andalou. There's plenty of that kind of interesting filmmaking that also right. is not just not just navel gazing and well, it's dark. It's, and, yeah, it, I mean, it's constructing a very specific feeling and that is colored by where it is a product of which is a totally unique place and time when this movie came out and what you get is this yeah so it helped me break through that weird fucking thing i will say very special place in my heart because i do credit it with helping me break through that shithead phase and like then you know loving carly wasn't as long as it feels in your brain it was like a It's only been like the minimum. entire time I've known you, but we're young. <laughs> <laughs> There's still room to grow. I, I will I, say, God, I so. listener, uh, if you actually whether or not you like Tetsuo or have seen Tetsuo, Unchian Andalou, just because Jack has now mentioned it about a dozen times, uh, go out and watch that one. It actually is an extremely interesting, much less seizure inducing surrealist entry into the film world from nineteen twenty nine. 60 years uh, before this movie was made, and they look very similar. And it's 21 minutes long or something, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that said, this isn't a long movie. This is just over an hour. 65, 67 yeah. minutes, something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Thank God. This movie felt like it was two and a half hours long. <laughs> oh, God. We're, we're going to have diverging feelings here. about yep. this one. <laughs> 
listener to let you b- peek behind the curtain the other night. I I was watching this movie and doing some other things that night as well, watching a hockey team that I hold near and dear to my heart lose a game. Um, and I made the joke that Tetsuo was the best part of my evening, and no one responded to me. I felt a little bad about it. Well, no, well, I res- I specifically no. responded. No, no, to no, you. no, oh no, no, no. I wanted no, to no. save discussion for the podcast, Jake. I'm a professional. It was the best part of my evening. <laughs> We're oh, way God. out of sorts, Jack. Help. 30 you second help. You plot th- Okay, yeah, pull it up. I got it. It's been up okay. since you, since you were about I to don't have throw it up. it yourself I had to and then you'd you to help. Well, 30 seconds around the goddamn clock. It's going to start when I start. I'll hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. Thank you okay. for your service. I'm, I'm nervous about this one. A man tries to inject an iron rod into his leg. It ends up getting maggoty. He runs out into the road and gets hit by a car. That car turns out to be driven by a businessman who ends up with a metal thing growing out of his face and then on his way to work he meets a woman who becomes possessed by metal and then a zombie he kills her he slowly starts progressing into a metal monster he and his girlfriend have weird sex his dick turns into a drill his girlfriend dies the man with the metal in his leg is a mad scientist who's trying to take over the world with metal they merge into a super mech tank of of devastation time this movie is impossible to synopsize i <laughs> thought you could uh, you can get through this in s- 7 seconds I think. Hey, Mark, do you want to do a seven-second plot synopsis? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, what do you got? You got guy salaryman kills a metal fetishist. Metal fetishist haunts the guy. They merge and take over the world and turn it to metal. They're about to. They, yeah, and that's where the movie They're on is. the precipice of a metallic, rust-covered land. They become a kaiju and then the movie ends. Yes! But <laughs> most, but yes! most of the movie is the stuff with the two women. Like, they occupy the most screen time. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> the The fight sequence between um, the metal fetishist and the salary man at the end is pretty long. And we're only saying metal fetishist because that's, that's what he's name. called in Wikipedia, right? Yeah. He's not, I think he's just credited as... Capital uh, T, the metal fetishist. Is that what he's credited as in the movie? I think so. I thought he's credited as Guy. And I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back man. to the credits. I don't, I don't know what film. he's credited as, as in the movie, but in IMDb, it's as Metal Fetishist. And okay. speaking of, that's Shinya Tsukamoto, who is also the director, yes. writer, producer. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah, we should. We, okay, well, we, we, first we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except body horror, because I'm taking that one. Uh, avant garde slash yeah, auteur. Art. art. Yep. <laughs> art yeah. for art's sake. Yep. Uh, uh, slash black and white, slash foreign, foreign. That's about it. I don't know why I said slash foreign. I, I mean, black and white other, slash foreign. Yeah, the only <laughs> other thing you could do is that glimpse at the end that you get for. I mean, it's monster in a number of ways, but it overlaps it too much yeah. with body and yeah. The end. I mean, really, yeah, exactly. What this movie is is body horror, yeah. and then it just happens to have some zombies and it's, some. Monsters uh, yeah, it's an it's an art shit. body horror movie. Yeah. that yep. really has a Japanese kaiju influence, which is fucking rad. <laughs> it's so basic. All right, I want to talk. Now let's talk about it's what the live movie. action anime somehow. Yes, it, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, the, once you have roller rocket roller skates, dude. The stop motion sequences in this film are, are fucking awesome. chef's kiss. Yeah, and like the the acting, the facial expressions are like straight out of anime. Uh, hey, straight Jack, out of manga. Yeah. What's this movie do right? This is Shinya Tsukamoto's vision, and holy fuck, does he execute his vision? There is he he put everything he wanted in this movie and didn't put anything he didn't want yeah, in this movie. Yeah, the, the the note that I had for that is there is zero compromise in this film. Like, this yep. is exactly what 
they wanted it to be. And it was intended originally to be a vastly shorter film. But as they went and developed what that vision was, it ended up being a lot longer. But to your point, it was an uncompromising pursuit. And you can tell. I've seen no indication of the actual budget of this movie other than it's obviously low budget. But, man, he did a lot with a little. Well, and he filmed it over many months, alienated his entire crew, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, And most of the reason that it is all physically, basically, like, stop-motion animated and very clearly composed of, like, random shit he could find in garbage cans, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a pretty low budget. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the budget could have been... A thousand dollars plus yeah. his camera. Yeah, him and him and him I and mean, his buddy many, are the. Yeah, only how many sets does it actually have? Three. <clears throat> yeah, there's well, like, and the apartment is specifically it's his, his house, apartment, right? Yeah, yeah I, right. And he's also listed as a cinematographer. I think Mark, because of what you're saying, he alienated uh, Kei Fujiwara, who was the original cinematographer on the movie. My understanding is the two people holding a camera for the entire production was him and the uh, salaryman guy. Yeah, the actor. Yeah, the the two (laughs) actors. Basically, yeah, the two stars of this movie that aren't the girlfriend or the other random lady at the bus stop. Is that not the same? I think that's the same person playing two different roles. I think that might be the same actress. I'm not sure on that. I'm like 75% sure it's it's different people. Kei Fujiwara, who is the other listed cinematographer in this film, is his girl, is the salaryman's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. The woman at the bus station is Nobu Kanoko. Okay, so they are different people? Damn it. I thought there was Nobu Kanoko. Excuse me. Okay. Um, So two different people. I thought they were made up very differently. She was made up different people. Doesn't matter. Jake is furiously trying to skirt away from from racism. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it is hard. <laughs> I to... never got there. <laughs> it wasn't but, intentional. But, I'm sorry. Yeah, you bailed. It was good. It was a good yeah, choice. To go yeah. back to the the anime comparisons, that's why I said this movie is like uh, uh, very Japanese when I brought it up earlier. Like the, the kaiju and anime influences are so heavy on this thing. I think yeah. to the movie's credit, I think it's pretty cool. Hundred percent. I mean. <laughs> This is the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg statement, Jack. And like to to the point where like, you know, when something happens to one of them, they'll like grab their face and like writhe around like you'd see an anime character do for an extended period of time. Yeah. The stylization is obviously reminiscent of that. That's what they're trying to do for sure. I like that you just said that this is the tip of the iceberg of the discussion, and then uh, we don't have. You seem like you had something else to say about this because what it does is it delves into everything that they did to create this growing metal body horror creeping nonsense. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I have I, I'm, I'm gonna need to you guys to carry mic. most of this conversation because I was too fucking blown away by the thing I had just seen. Like how do you review you were a too piece blown of, away? How, yeah. I this That's is awesome. definitely this talk about blow that. your this fucking is... hair back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I this feel is like that, that Maxell thing from when yeah, we were like, exactly. teen, like <laughs> you're you. sitting in the thing, getting your fucking your ties back behind your head. Yeah, and I yeah. have to catch the wine glass as it falls off my yes. table. Yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. It's not an enjoyable experience, but it is an experience. Well, okay, Mark, is you it- know what it is. You know that scene from Goodwill Hunting where the guy says, "Someday I'm going to be at my ski chalet," like the the douchey uh, yeah. Harvard guys, yeah. like someday I'm going to be in at the- my ski chalet and yeah. you're going to be pumping gas. Yeah. And Will uh, Matt Damon says, "Hey, man, but at least I'm going to be authentic." That's, That's this, this movie. Yeah. This that, is authentic? That line from that movie had a distressing impact on the way I thought about myself for quite a while. <laughs> I don't think it's distressing. I think that's a good 
thing to be authentic. It's a good message to have. It, yeah. I mean, the point of that movie is that it's to his detriment. There's a balance that you need to strike. Yeah. Right. But, like, you need to be part of society. God, I love that movie. It's a fantastic movie. Stay tuned for a future podcast, probably. Anyways. Yeah, oh, Dolph <laughs> Uh Back to this, though. This is an authentic, artistic experience that is not enjoyable. It's abrasive. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's an interesting thing to get into. And that's why I said it's abrasive in rebuttal to your statement about it not being enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable for you, that's fine. But I think but he, that, like, I'm just trying to get at is it actually not enjoyable or is it a first time experience of something that is so far out there that you couldn't have prepared yourself? Uh, if you were to watch it the second time, would it be more enjoyable? I guess, yeah, I guess enjoyment is sort of a weird word. I am... It is an assault. It is an assault on your senses. Yes. So, yeah, let's let's just break this down. Like, the words we're using to describe this movie are, it's an abrasive assault that you cannot uh, prepare yourself for. Yeah. And then, period, full stop, next sentence, it was very enjoyable. Yes. What but the, that's a weird... Enjo- what the fuck are you guys enjoyment. talking about? Enjoyment. <laughs> enjoyment as a thing is a hard, like we're you were talking about hor- Like, it's... Hard kind of the horror apply. movie thing, right? That yes. enjoy being scared, enjoy the gross, gory stuff. More than probably any other movie we have reviewed, this is protein watching. It's <laughs> yeah. hard to digest, but it probably makes you better in the long run. It builds your film criticism muscles because you've seen a new thing. Mm-hmm. This is so, much more fun than I think you're... Than, than I, I found this to be much more fun than it sounds like you did. I think I would prob the fun would probably go up slightly on repeated viewings because I would know what I'm getting into. Which you, yeah, going into this that's what I was saying, going into this blind is a baffling thing to me. I want that in my life. Uh I mean, I feel violated. See, seeing something <laughs> there is no movie so this is its own thing about what the movie does, right? There is no movie that is like this. S- having that experience blind like today is amazing man wonderful it brings a tear to the eye that's so fucking cool and this movie part of it i i think this movie is fun is because it doesn't fucking stop there's you don't ever get to like catch your balance catch your breath while watching this thing it is going from one buck wild thing to another they're all very disparate from one another it's lunacy from start to finish and it never takes its foot off the gas ever and it's really mm-hmm. good at individual, like, yes, overall, the the scenes that happen are appropriately described as Buckwild. But the other thing that hit me is they have, he has a very good eye for individual momentary shots that are also extremely distressing. The movie oh, opens yeah. with a guy rubbing corrugated aluminum or whatever that metal is supposed to be all against thread. his teeth. I think I think it's just that, all thread. I was just going to say, I thought you were going to talk about... I had a whole few notes about that. That was so distressing leg, But the to teeth watch. was what got me. Yeah, the teeth is what got me. The yeah. leg scene is also really bad, and then they cut back to maggots, maggots. which is another thing from Unshan Andalu. Yeah. But... Uh, that whole opening sequence, which isn't even really all that like action, it's not action oriented no. at all. Is you're just you're jumping in with both feet. Welcome to the deep end. I hope you can swim. Uh, yeah, and yeah not- this movie challenges you immediately. It's like this is. I respect the fact that it's not going to like dick around. It's this is what we're offering. Are you and in that or are you out? Scene, it's not like it's graphic, or he doesn't even do it's graphic. Like, what I would expect the sounds Jack. to be, but like this, you know what I mean. It's not. It's not realism. He no, doesn't make this but it's like, graphic. I would, be, I would be horrified by the sounds of running all thread along your teeth. This isn't those sounds, but it's still 
awful to and watch. And the sounds are graphic. They're the different. Sounds are they're yeah. they're <laughs> apart from it, and maybe that certain amount of I, I don't know dissonance is important because the movie has that in spades the whole time. Like anytime there's a metallic sound, it's a little bit off. It's a little bit cartoonified, and potentially that makes more of an impact. I haven't really thought about that until now. Oof. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it definitely starts with all of it. <laughs> yep. Well, and then the, the sounds thing comes back up later because also when his girlfriend is eating and then like sexualizes the eating, but when she eats, it makes those horrible metallic that's, that's screeching sounds. That's the primary that was scene. also awful. Well, that's the primary scene that I was thinking about as I was saying that, right? Because they're, yeah. they're metallic sounds, but they're cartoonified. It's like the air horn that you'd get on a Looney Tunes version it's of what an air horn actually sounds like. Horrible. Just a little bit weird. Yeah. Fuck. So distressing. While we're talking about sounds, the uh, soundtrack was something that yes. immediately jumped out at me. Yeah. This is from 1989, right? Mm-hmm. And very, like, industrial pre-Nine Inch Nails techno throughout the entire Yeah, I mean, it definitely had the industrial going on <clears throat> and avant-garde jazz. <laughs> it's those two things. It's it, it's exactly right for what this movie score. is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's a, what what is this? What punk is this? Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. This is, this is cyberpunk. Yeah, thank you. I'm not really in my punk or this, thing. This is we should we should call yeah, out Chu Ishikawa here. This is uh, low who tech was, cyberpunk. Did the music and it somehow? If you watch this movie and then like trying to picture seeing this without sound and then trying to picture the score that perfectly encapsulates encapsulates the tone of this movie. The turbo encapsulator feels impossible to me, but man, it's fucking nailed. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I don't really know, but then when you hear it, you're like, it was that. It was that thing. Yup. In particular, the industrial, but not that the avant-garde jazz sequences don't do a good job. Those are more tied to the car crash itself. The accident. Uh, I don't think they're used outside of that, actually, now that I think about it. it's also mostly a synth score, right? He's got some kind of synthesizer work he's doing. um, that that Just kind of low-key droning. Yeah, most of the score. We can't move past Does Right without talking about the actual body horror itself. Uh, yeah, it's we were kind of getting wonderful. into it with the maggots. Starting, yeah, early on with the guy just shoving a piece of rebar into his thigh, or all thread, I guess it is, uh, into his thigh. I don't even thigh. think it's all thread. It's like, the th- that's not thread. It's I like, think it's just yeah, like it is. bubbly metal. No, uh, maybe I, I need to go back thread. and watch it. Okay, well, it's, it's called whatever, it's fine. Yes. Um, and not that it matters. St- starting it from matter. there to the maggots, to then the actual metal transformation. Everything looks exactly like it's supposed to. Some the, of it... The shit do, sticking out of his cheek? That's another one that was, like, really uncomfortable. Oh, and then he just, like, touches it a little bit and it, it spurts, spurts blood? blood? Yeah. Whoa! Ugh! And then it's, like, yeah, fucked so up. Everybody good. always complains about people's Achilles tendons getting fucked up, and then he pulls his socks off and it has it's, like, full of bolts and stuff. I love where it chooses to start. It, like, it, it's it, like, it goes for high impact areas of the body to begin with. Uh, the cheek and, is the, where you would start. Well, the uh, I'm thinking more about the Achilles. Okay, that's early on. Yeah, not yeah, it's like literally start, thing. but that's still the beginning of what unfolds. And I think one of the reasons it's so good and so impactful, Mark, you said it earlier. He's kind of just using literal trash he was able to find, which yeah. is why, like, you he if he's going to make a robot, he's making a pots and pans robot, right? Yeah, cardboard like boxes with marker. This is just yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. colander for a head. This is just like it's it's some he's, shit. He's right making now. awesome. And it doesn't all look 
So, I mean, some of it, it all looks, looks good. Get the fuck out of here. It all, but some of it looks legitimately impressive from an effects perspective. It's yeah. shot in black and white. I'm sure to in part to mask a lot of the imperfections there. But some of it, especially in the stop motion, is like obviously aluminum foil, like crunched up into different sure. things. But some of it looks legitimately good. I don't know how they put this weird metal flesh pile together, I, but it looks fuck, great. Whatever, dude. I, I mean, I feel like you're downplaying it somehow. Practical, like, practical effects. Essentially, always look good. I mean, if you're doing yeah. a head explosion scene and it's just like a water balloon with somebody's face drawn on it, it's probably not going to look great. But like, yeah. if you're using epoxy and whatever like that plasticky shit is to fix a bunch of like metal pieces to somebody's skin, and you're shooting in black and white, so you don't have to worry about the color matching, it's going to look good. Hey PSA, don't use epoxy to affix anything to your skin. Wait, okay, yeah, thank you. Use super glue <laughs> instead. <laughs> Hey, at least super glue you can dissolve easier. Yeah, just you know, soak fine. your foot in acetone. Super glue is fine. Whatever they use, spirit gum. Then I don't fucking know, but the you know you know what I'm talking about. Like it's, it's I know the, I do know the what rubbery you're about. the rubbery shit that you make props out of. I don't know what it's called. Uh, sometimes they use butyl. Sometimes it's like there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, butyl. Sure, butyl styrene diacetylene. Didn't know that, but it sounds right. This is too tiny. Oh, that was completely made up. <laughs> there is a there is a butyl styrene, but I don't think it's what you would use here. And then diestylene is a thing that it, it doesn't exist. That's not a term. <laughs> it is now. Well, yeah, you just invented something. Again, reminder: Paramount, please sponsor us. Yeah, I'm fucking <laughs> talking about isobutylene, isopropylene rubber is butyl. Like it comes in little like tape strips, and they use it in the film industry for like fucking everything, from molding to like sticking cameras in weird places. Works for everything. Cool. Spirit gum. Sure, that too. Yeah. If you want to put a mustache on somebody, that's what you use. Just grow a mustache, you know? You can't but draw a mustache. I said grow a mustache. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. uh, what movie is it where the guy has a... a oh, it's uh, the original, like the Batman live action series, the Adam West one, where the actor has a mustache, but then also face paint and a mustache on top of it when he's playing the Joker. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they painted the mustache white and then painted a mustache on top of it? Have you not seen... Oh, I'm putting a picture in the chat here. Oh, you guys talk for a second. I'm going to find this picture. <laughs> and there's the scarecrow. Um, <laughs> the last thing, we've touched on it at length now, but surrealism definitely needs to come up here. There's a scene at the beginning of the movie before shit really hits the fan where there's a probably two-minute-long conversation between the man, the salary man, uh, which is a thing that Wikipedia describes him as, which is a term used to describe people in Japan who work full time jobs. And I'd never heard that before, but now I really like that word. And I'm gonna oh, use this it is like it's, oh. it's it's more than that. It, it's but, a whole cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. movie so is about salarymen. I'm, I'm not talking about salarymen. I just you like are. that word. Okay. Uh, but it's a conversation between him and his uh, girlfriend or wife or whatever she is, and all it is is them saying mahi mahi moshi moshi back to each other mahi mahi moshi moshi. Mahi Mahi, Moshi Moshi, for two fucking minutes. Hello? Uh, but Moshi Moshi's kind of hello. Yeah. I don't know what Mahi Mahi is. Mahi Mahi is like a fucking type of tuna. Well, I don't know. I, probably well, I know was, that, but I, that's not what they were saying. I don't no, think. I they know. were just saying hello. Probably. But hello? not in reality. Hello? In reality, hello? they were I mean, talking. It's a, yeah, it's like, a dream sequence. Yeah. But still, they spent two-ish minutes of a 65-minute long movie doing that. that. And that's something that surrealist movies... Do. enjoy <laughs> they do because so it do. puts you off balance and this movie is riddled with that type of shit oh yeah you're never on two feet that's for sure uh-huh to close on the salaryman point 
Yeah, bring it back. Because you didn't want to talk about it at that I just didn't. I just, I wanted to get my point out before we went on that. This movie is about and kind of a metaphor for Japan at that point in time. Like, this guy as a salaryman. So, salaryman is a basically a culture salary of man. the salary way in man. which industry in Japan, especially Doing during things. the boom period. A salary can. You're not fucking listening. <laughs> during that boom period up until like the 90s, it still exists today, but up until the 90s when it was really, really booming, which is just a work to death mentality. And this is basically taking that and commenting on that culture of industrialization by making this guy turn into a legitimate actual Monster. piece of industry. Like yeah. he's just an agglomeration <laughs> of all of the industry that's around him. Wasn't um remind me of the guy's name who who made this. Um Shinya Sukamoto, wasn't he also a salary man at this point? I believe this that's correct. This yes. kind or of on, or like, had been. Yeah. But <clears throat> also no, it's his kind of breaking away from being a yeah. salary man cuz the like the 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 culture he got fucking was fed up with it, right? Yeah, you, and you can't do anything else, right? Yeah. Like you're ex- the company pays for you. You kind of live in a a suburb. You take the train to work. You work like a twelve to sixteen hour day, and then the company pays for you to go out to all these like hosted bars, which are a whole other thing in Japan. And you do everything, never like, go home. Drink. You never. Yeah, you're yeah. you're twenty four hours a day working for or being like essentially being paid to go out by the company and get drunk and then be hung and over. Then you and go then, back like, to it. All, yeah. all day, every day. Wearing the same suit the whole week and then trying to not die during the weekend so you can do it again. God, you guys are so much more worldly than I am. How do you know this stuff? I just know about salarymanism through, like, Bourdain and other shit that yeah, I've definitely. A- accumulated in my brain it, yeah. from God. travel stuff. Pour one out. Yeah, pour and like The, the closest out. equivalent is kind of like uh, like finance bro culture, we, there is no good American equivalent, right? It's a totally that's the best culture. one. But like that's the best. It's like but yeah, it's, finance it, bro. Work yeah, for, but that work seems tons more of hours, willing. make a bunch of money, and then go out and spend yeah. way a ton of money. That seems more willing and like aspirational. Whereas in Japan, particularly during the boom, like that was the it became like so ubiquitous that it was the expectation of you as a male in society to yeah. do this. And, and, and it was it, almost it also, like a sacrifice that you had to make to like further the industrialization and recovery of Japan and growth of like, Japan. Like it's fucking crazy. There's a ton of, of, of studies of people who like ha- felt like they had no way out of it, right? Because yeah. the the company keeps you going on the cycle where like you feel like this can't ever end. Yeah. yeah. So this movie is commentary on that. There you In go. A very abrasive along way. with that, metals taking over the world. See it's what I what I don't Mac. like about this conversation is now I feel obligated to go back and watch it again, and I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> you willingly, should. whoever whoever loses just needs to, whoever loses beers for fears just needs to watch Tetsuo again. I mean, <laughs> I would absolutely watch yeah, Tetsuo. It's an again. hour long. I it's fucking, delightful. Yeah, it's not delightful's weird. <laughs> I I am delighted by it in a certain weird way. Delightful is not the right right word. Correct. Okay. Cool. We are delightful aligned. is the wrong word, but I know exactly what he means, and I agree to a certain extent. <laughs> uh, Shinya Tsukamoto's got some interesting views on sexuality. He's definitely working through in this movie, huh? Well, Jack, the okay, the <laughs> this movie is I highly think, sexual and very weird. I think the 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 scene... number of Japanese movies I've seen where a woman is penetrated by a like weird misrepresentation of a male phallus that probably is in some violent way is... I mean, this is 
among a laundry list. Of I mean, other ja- I think Japanese but- culture has some things to work through. I mean, that, and that comes from hentai, right? That's like yeah. cla- tentacles and all that. It's a yeah. classic thing. But what I'm saying is this movie has... I wouldn't know anything about that, Jack. You're going no, to need to tell not. me more. De- yeah, what, what is hentai? Can you describe um, it to be in like, excruciating detail? <laughs> Mark, just Mark, pull up those your, are, your, those are pull for our Tuesday phone calls, history, And I'm sure you'll find it. Oh, okay. Oh, it's that. Yeah, it's that thing that you were Google searching, I'm sure. That was uh, that was me trying to figure out what this movie was, though. Oh, that shit. wasn't there already. It just like manifested it wasn't in there your brain. Already. You were like, there might be this word. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tetsuo, obvious, huh? Let me type like, in a bunch yeah, of other random letters, just, like H-E-N-T-A-I. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, oh, passed, that's a thing. You blacked out, but all of a sudden you see your Google history, and it's like hentai, but for drills. Yeah, I think this movie like manipulated me into Googling it, I'm pretty sure. Totally. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't have a choice in the matter. I just had to do it. But look, he's got he's got some stuff. Yeah. Uh, where like I think the them having sex immediately after killing a man with their car is probably a weird comment on salary man and the mindset like that go goes into that you just keep doing stuff and ignore every bad thing that's going on around you. But then the dream yeah, why did they has, bang in the woods? Did we blow by that? I, I think that's a salary man thing. I'm not even that's sure that's a, real. It's real. That's like specifically the reason why he gets targeted by uh, metal fetishist. Homeboy. Well, I mean, he gets targeted because he kills him in his car. I'm not sure the whole. Yeah, and then they dump thing. his body in the woods and fuck in front of him while they're looking at him. It's I don't very know. I don't know. Well, I, while I don't, he's looking at, them, I don't think there's any him. scientific proof that that actually happened. But either way, then there's, there's no the scientific scene. proof that anything happens in any movie. It's movies. Boom. You can pop a quick H on this box, <laughs> <laughs> so people know that's hornets. But his his girlfriend then. When she's with the, the dream he has, where she's turning into metal and has a large hose uh, as as a oh, phallus yeah. that she with which she penetrates him. That has to be uh, a gasoline pump, right? That was that was totally a gasoline it like car like a, injector yeah, yeah. thing, a jig, whatever. A you call car it. injector. Looked, yeah. I don't know what do you call that thing. But it also looked ridged, like it had it. Nozzle? I don't know. It looked it looked uh, segmented in a way that I've not seen one of those be segmented. I don't. It know. was industry. It looked like Go Go Gadget. It looks like uh, Inspector Gadget's. Go Go Gadget. I mean, yeah, it, it is Go Go Gadget phallus, but yeah. other, but I mean, it has to be something that he found. Like it's it's not like they made a thing from nothing. It doesn't have to be metal though. It could have been something he made to look like metal because it's black and white. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, the um, black and white. Uh, fun fact: all of these pieces of of metal are actually wood, painted silver. <laughs> But there's that, and then there's the whole his <laughs> his dick is his unit is a drill thing. Yeah, I'm, I think Shinya Tsukamoto's got some beyond like the stuff that you see in. in he's got some stuff with what penises. He's got to work. He's got some <laughs> penis stuff. He's got to deal yeah. with. Uh, is this, are we still on what the movie does right? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> But, but the movie is right is he has some penis stuff he needs to work through. I, I like I do like movies where it's like the author has something going on. They're just like working through it in real time. This, yeah, I mean, that's what art's for, man. I don't even think he's working through it, though. That's the thing about this one that's kind of he's funny. He's just like, hey, I have to think about this. Now what, you is he do working too. with it? Then? Yeah, exactly. He's Not working adjacent it, with it. to it. With it. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, like someone approached him was like, hey, do we need to have all of this penis stuff? And he was like, well, you think we need more? <laughs> I could I do could more. Go, I, you say I should got more. more. I could do more, more right? higher. Yeah, that's why the movie's longer than the. Yeah, I could. I could go lower. Like they were gonna do like a twenty-minute movie, but they needed more penis stuff. More penis stuff. Yeah, yeah. So 100%. they did do that, 
and then it became a 70 minute movie but from a physical comedy every time every time someone asked him about it they was like yeah let's have more more yeah you're right you're totally right there needs to be more (laughs) the scenes where his unit is a drill are hilarious from a physical comedy perspective where it's kind of like leading him around the room and he can't control it it's very good physical comedy that's just a commentary on men you know i don't even care what culture this is hey oh Downward inflection, sad. <laughs> <laughs> what does this movie do middle? Are we in middle yet? Now that we now that we said what this movie does right is weird penis stuff. Yeah, I mean, Jack really needed it there. <laughs> I'm working through some stuff myself, okay? I mean, I, my, my first note in middle is the metal drill dong is the most important metaphor. And then we've already talked about the, That's all in of middle? that stuff. Well, yeah, I put it in middle when I was watching the film, but it's because it's such a fucking obvious and abrasive thing toxic masculinity literally weaponized masculinity yes but jack already put it in right and we've worked through you can't argue with that we've worked with that Uh so now i have nothing else to add (laughs) we've worked adjacent to it (laughs) this certainly doesn't idolize toxic masculinity this has stuff to say about toxic masculinity but not in a way that glorifies it it kind of just puts it why would you glorify what glorifies toxic masculinity nothing a a bunch of oh you're starting with no jack no jack no jack when you're starting with toxic that precludes the ability to glorify i think and i mean also assuming that we're not watching any of the fucking like trp i love toxins bullshit I love toxins. Mo- Mo- Almost every movie from the 80s glorifies toxic masculinity. Once it becomes the phrase toxic masculinity, I don't think it can be glorified. I'm not saying they it set out to say masculinity. No, but it glorifies masculinity in a way that it shouldn't. In, in, in a way, in, it glorifies, they wouldn't have called it toxic masculinity. It glorifies the, co- yeah, they the manifestation of and societal... Patriarchy, man. Yeah, but it, it is toxic, and they glorify it. Is, it. Yes, I'm oh, just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm Jack, not saying that. Like, Jack, I, I'm semantic sizing right now. It's we're, semantics. We're transliterating from English to English. Trans, <laughs> yes, we are transcreating. <laughs> transcreating. Oh boy, uh, I didn't have anything. What this movie does middle because oh, well, it my, doesn't do a whole lot in middle. This isn't a no. Middle this is not type a middle movie. movie. No, yeah, no, no middle, no middles here. Uh, and what's it do wrong? Nothing, right? So we can go to ratings. <laughs> I, I will put we, we the, go to nitpicks, the, first off. the amount of exposition in this movie is wrong for me. There's too uh-huh. much at the very end for a movie that, like, I, I was following enough of, I felt like I was following it enough based on almost literally no dialogue whatsoever. And then at the end for the, the, the metal fetishist to, like, describe what had happened and what is going to happen was jarring, and I didn't like it. it I feel like, yeah. I feel like that matches the tempo of this movie perfectly, and... I feel like it matches sort of that like kaiju and uh, anime style of movie making. We're, we're at I the agree. boss battle, so we're going to talk about the battle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. We're at the boss battle, so there needs to be yeah. a half hour cutscene explaining the plot. Like that is extra to me. That is very. And again, right. I am not a worldly person, but to me, that is a very like Japanese oh. story. Yeah, but you have seen kaiju and Modern you play Japanese. video games. Yeah. And but those also, do I that mean, because it exists. You're right. That's Dragon Ball Z, right? There's yeah, two whole episodes 100%. of Goku explaining what yeah. Super Saiyan is before he fucking does it. So that's okay. So I'm actually turning around on this one, Jack. Can we put that in? I don't know where. Neat pick. Okay. Do oh. we have anything this movie does hard wrong? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't. Oh yeah, go, Mark. Go. <laughs> I don't. So go, first go, Mark. Off, I mean, like, it's hard to say the entire movie is what this movie does wrong. Fuck off. We have already discussed this. This is such a fucking specific weird niche that when we get to who in the hell would we recommend for whom to whom the hell would we <laughs> to recommend whomst. this? Everyone. To 
to whomst. To whomst is everyone. <laughs> I this is such a small audience everyone. movie because it is damn near unwatchable. I think it, I think it is an assault. Should, should have if to you this. are epileptic, this movie is going to be a problem for you. Everyone but someone who might actually accurate. Die. Uh, this movie gave me a migraine. No, no way. Bad headache. I mean, if you're watching, my, it too my, loud, I shouldn't yeah, say migraine. So That's an loud. actual medical thing. I didn't get a migraine. I got a really bad headache, and then I had to fall asleep. I'm like, it was one of those things where like I had to eat cat food and pass out type of thing. Like oh, I was. No. <laughs> oh no! Did you huff some glue? Is... You should have some glue. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did OD because... on some glue. Okay. Because Mark, you're right. It, I could see this giving you a headache. It, the the sounds, the music, the the, all of motion. it is assaulting. There's uh, the, extre- the yeah, motion, it's like extremely high contrast, really high brightness on the black and white. Yeah, it's a lot of blacks could not be more black. This is and so the much sensory. Could not be more white. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that it does, I, I really hesitate to say wrong here. Look, wrong is a a wide thing of trying to encapsulate how Just difficult this movie is to watch. But I don't love they switch between a bunch of different cameras. The 16 millimeter stuff looks great. And then they have like a really weird flickery, like I don't know, two millimeter film strip. Are you sure it wasn't all sixteen? And something just happened. And just edited, like he took scissors yeah. to the film strip from sure. the sixteen. Sure, well, I mean, whatever the fuck. He the did. stuff that doesn't look sixteen is wrong. Yeah, but there's like pretty well translated, like high def footage, even though this was shot in eighty nine, but it was on film, so it's easy enough yeah. to convert that. And then there's stuff that like looks like it was shot from a. It's not. It's not really like pixelated or. Yeah, like the resolution's not wrong, but it's just like it's grainy. The exposures yeah. not right. I don't know what they did. It's but like it's... it's looking at radiation. Sure, you know what I mean. Not what I would have said, but I'm okay with it. It well, I th- I I think I'm getting at what you're getting at. I've never looked at radiation before. But there's, you've seen there's, there's, there stuff are from Chernobyl certain... where it's like poppy. It just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. feel there's, as there's high like deficit. Packets should be. of brightness that don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't like that part. Again, this uh, movie I, like physically hurt me to watch. I didn't so. really notice that, but if that's true. I'm going to have to go back and watch it just to check. Well, I mean, it's also like it's it's hard to say, right? We run into this thing a lot where if it's part of the vision and authorship, it's not necessarily does wrong because it was intended. It's and it is an effective part of the experience. Right. And I think I would say switching between the frame rates and cameras as they do does add to the disjointedness and keeping you on your toes like while you're watching this preventing you from getting comfortable it's yeah. that makes it uncomfortable to watch but like it works it's effective yeah and i hated it so what the movie does wrong fair it's fair blow the whistle blow the whistle god also a really hard movie to nitpick by the way yeah, I've only got a few. One, the first one's a neat pick. Gravity Coffee Maker. I love that they focus real yeah. hard on his awesome Gravity Coffee Maker at the beginning of this movie. That was I, Jack. I had that note too. I had a neat pick and a nitpick in the same scene. Gravity Coffee Maker, fucking cool. I like that. That's a weird way to make your coffee. Second, too many cats in that same scene. <laughs> Hated it. Nitpick. Oh God, yeah, they fuck up that cat. Oh, the cats get metalified. Yeah, it turns into a, another metal, Metal-, a mini kaiju. Metallicized. Kai, kaijitsu. Kai, kaijitsu. Almost certainly not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't speak <laughs> Japanese. Listener, Shock. if you needed any more evidence that I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about at all times. Kaijitsu. That took a shot. <laughs> kaijitsu. You miss 100% a, of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Jake. Thank you, Wayne. A standing oscillating fan. What's wrong with that? is nowhere near sturdy enough to act as a base on which to have sex. She is <laughs> draped all the way over that standing fan when they're having sex, and it would 
snap in half and fall over. That's a good immediately. nitpick. Yeah, that's a good nitpick. I like it. I didn't think about that at all. I was way too. There were too many other things. There's too happening. many other things happening for me to really be like, that's weird. When sex is the least interesting thing on screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know you have a movie on your hands. <laughs> that's the best fucking description for this movie ever. Other than the review that was five out of five stars, it's great for my under eights. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. My under this, eight year old my kids that are under eight love this movie. This would be a great movie to have the uh second opinion segment from How Did This Get Made? Yeah. <laughs> I wanna yeah. read the fi- I wanna read the five star reviews here. Oh my god. Uh my only nitpick was why the fuck is there no metal music in this? This was an awesome opportunity for some like thrash metal. I'm okay with going industrial. Though. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, just for the sake of the fact, like have some metal. They that, should have had some is, thrash going on like during the stop motion. But I feel like Kaiju that is one area movement. where Japanese culture did not does not overlap with Western culture in the metal. At least I'm the sure 80s, there's Japanese like. metal bands. Probably, yeah. In the 80s, absolutely existed. 100. percent Any any decade post 70s, J- Japan definitely had metal in the 80s. When did it, when did metal start anywhere? When was the first metal metal band? 60s. Yeah, I would say Sabbath really kicked it off. All right. Okay. Proper, yeah. There's gonna someone's in the, someone who knows a lot's gonna be like, no, there was way more underground, really heavy shit before that. And it's like, yeah, probably. But Sabbath, oh, dude, people were thrashing in but the 1930s. Sabbath made it. It's a hard time to acquire media, and Sabbath made it popular for and people could hear it. And then they were like, I'm gonna make metal. Our buddy Holly had a B side that was pretty fucking hardcore. <laughs> hey man, buddy Holly was great. It's like let's yeah. all go to the bop, and then and then they accidentally put on the wrong track on the record. It's just fuck yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> Go to fucking have, ratings. Uh, real quick, have either of oh you guys seen... God. You have not seen either of the other two, Jack. Had you seen either of the other Tetsuos? I'm just curious. Uh, I have very drunkenly seen Tetsuo 2. I don't remember much of it, and I've Body seen Hammer. Tetsuo 3. Yeah. You have not seen Tetsuo 3? What are the subtitles? Correct. Or not sub... The, the Body Hammer is number Body 2. Body Hammer is 2. Bullet, bullet, Man, time, is bullet Man is 3. Yeah, uh, Bullet Man's a letdown after Body Hammer. Yeah, Body yeah, Hammer Body is Hammer. a cool name. I, I'm curious about three though because I kind of want to get like, that tattooed like right here. It just says Body Hammer on my forearm. Like I, as I recall, the second one came out in the late '90s, and then and then Bullet Man came out like they're a decade apart each. Came out like 2009 or something. I'd be curious to see what a Tetsuo movie from 2009 looks like. Maybe I'll watch I, that. I agree with that sentiment. Great. My interest has been peaked, but also I don't want to Jack's do that. next draft: Tetsuo two, Tetsuo three, <laughs> yeah. and something else. <laughs> Let yeah, and high tension. Let's go to oh, ratings. God. Particle man, particle man, doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle man, is he a dog? We over to see horror. Use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of the amazing Randy would rate the veracity of supernatural claims. I can't think of that technical term. Oh yeah, it's bullshit. And for 10, think of Jason Derulo, who would wait how well you know what to do with that big fat butt. You know what to do with that big fat butt. I mean, story's first category to rate these movies. Uh, this was my pick. I'm going to rate the thing for story. I'm giving it a three for story. This is, from a 10,000-foot view, a wildly unique story. It has interesting stuff to say about salarymen. It has, obviously, some conflicting stuff to say about sexuality and penises but there's not much actual story here it's just kind of buck wild and an excuse to get a bunch of random shit on screen so 
I don't think I can go lower than a three because of the overall concept, but it certainly can't be higher than a three either. So a three feels like the perfect rating to me. <laughs> can't Mark, be lower, can't you? be higher, which is why I gave it this score. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. No room to wiggle here. I showed my yeah, work. Also known as yeah, you better have given it a three because apparently that's the entire range. It's the only objectively with. correct rating. I didn't, though. That's the weird part. Three and a half. No, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, I, basically, the same reasons as Jack. I, I wouldn't say that it ultimately is just an excuse to get Buck Wild shit on screen, although that's how it feels. Like, there is a lot that is at least attempting to be said about Japanese culture and the culture of salarymanism, if that can be a thing. So it's hard for me, <laughs> salaryminism. It's hard for me to go at this ten thousand foot level to to too low a score. But it's also it's it's not doing too much there. This is not the primary category for this film where it shines. So let's just you know calm down. Mark <laughs> agreed. Two. I mean, I we're all basically saying the same things that I like this movie less than you guys do. Yes. So fact, this yeah. shouldn't be surprising. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look, this is my surprise face. That's going to take us into world building and immersion. And for me, it's a five on world building and immersion. And Say that again. Sorry, Jake was talking. A five for world building and immersion for me. And that's all world building and almost none immersion. This is one of the least immersive movies you could possibly watch. Its whole thesis statement or raison d'etre is to make you uncomfortable. To not be immersive. To assault you, yeah. But, man, does he fucking build a world of, of Earth being taken over by or techno-organic material or does whatever he, the fuck it is. Five. Jake. You gave five. Okay. I was wondering. Um, I gave this one a four as well. I also agree this is world building, but the world I'm going to take a step back on. I think it's a very well done, intimate world in the sense that, like we talked about, there's maybe three sets in this film. There's the apartment, there's the subway station, and then there's kind of like the industrial streets and warehouse area outside of those things. That's those kind of the tree on which they fuck. Oh, yeah, there's the, that's actually a legitimate thing, too. That's like a half <laughs> joke, but it's also half real because of how many times it comes up. Um, not many sets here, but that world is still important given what happens in this film, and it's hard to go too high. I mean, it's not immersive by design, so whatever. Yeah. Mark? I mean, I gave it a two. You have both said it. It's actively trying to not have you immersed, and I, I don't know if the world really is built all that well. They're clearly, like, at the end of the movie, they are a weird living tank persons, but... I mean, that's a hell of a world. It's That is an interesting world, but it's not like I feel... I, I, I don't feel like I understand where they are in relationship to the rest of society. And I also, if this guy w- could just take over people by having them poke a piece of metal with a pencil. Cyberpunk. Okay, cyberpunk. I mean, he I, can apparently do whatever he wants, man. He was like, I'm pissed at this guy and I'm dead, so I'm going to make him become metallic But he's monster. not dead because he comes back because he dissolves he, the girlfriend. He's not dead because he comes back. Yeah, happy Easter. I thought he was able to survive because it was... Uh, happy I, Orthodox Easter. The only other thing I'll say is I, I think I put the the uh, illusions and parallels to kind of uh, anime and manga and kaiju movies into this world-building camp. Like, it's all part of a cinematic world-building he's doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the cool stuff is the, like, stop-motion flying through the city, especially 100%. when you're half asleep. That was yeah. weird, but yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a two. It's a two for me, dog. Fair enough. That's going to take us into Scare Factor, and I'm going to give it a six for Scare Factor. One, it's horribly uncomfortable to watch, which I think overall deserves some Scare Factor We've never not couched discomfort 
into this category. And everything is working towards that, and I think it does it effectively. I also think that individually, the scenes of the guy running the the all-thread through his mouth, the guy putting the rebar all-thread, I guess, into his thigh, and the woman eating and making horrible metallic screeching sounds are all genuinely horrible to watch and almost like you put your fingers in front of your face to to look at it through that stuff then the body horror stuff is also pretty horrifying it becomes a little more jokey later on in the movie but it's it's really rough when it's like just his cheek that spurts blood and then his ankle well yeah it's tendon it's as it shifts from like what's quasi real world and like real relationship to a cartoon to like being a cartoon Yeah. yeah uh but it is it made me uncomfortable, and that guy running the the all thread through his teeth is one of the worst things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Jake, yeah, Mark, Mark being like Jesus, what tier six is a little bit surprising to me. We've also before not only we couched like how uncomfortable or how like gross or whatever is something, not necessarily like how scared was I for my own well being into this category. But we've also applied the, like, if you were to show this to a random person, like, how fucking not okay with it would they be? And I think that the, that fact... This would, would fuck some people Quite up. high here. Um, that said, I, I it, it is hard for me to give it too high a score because of the fact that, like, this isn't really getting its giggles from being scary. It's just it's not related. a fucked up giggles. fever dream is what it is. <clears throat> yeah. So I can't give it above the Andy Dalton line and I was toying with is this like right down the middle for me is a little bit below ultimate went a little bit below I gave it a five but this is about as high as a movie that is just like super fucked up can go for me a lot of things have just been said uh (laughs) and I hate all of them uh so what I would say first off we haven't had this conversation in a while but I do not give scare credit for just being gory which is, this isn't this movie isn't just doing splatter stuff. It is doing body horror. So I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway in that regard. But like, I mean, that's there's no is. dread involved in this movie. Yeah, you're not. And yeah. if we're just using the test, like I I don't think what this movie does that's notable is particularly scary. It's just sort of shock value. So at that point, it's like. Unless we're going to say that random fucking videos from Live Leak are also a six on Scare Factor because they'll freak people out. I, I'm i not really willing to what? go there with this. I, I don't I don't count the shock value of this toward its Scare Factor that, because it's not doing anything to be to actively me. scary. So what did you give it? I gave it a two. What did you give? What like, the fuck? What did you give Requiem? A pretty low as well. Uh, let me check. Please hold. Two feels way too low. Requiem, I gave a one and a half. Okay. At least you're consistent, but... You're wrong, but you're consistent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's you're consistently take us wrong. Into effects or judicious lack thereof. I'm giving this a seven for effects, and my heart wants to go like a lot higher, but objectively, some of the effects don't look Give it good. a ten, man. But this is such you a... Give it a ten. ...combination of... Everything, everything is working towards the same goal, right? The the practical effects, the camera choices, the lens choices, the editing choices, the music. It's all working towards the same goal. It's all achieving it. It's not all flawless. In fact, all of it's pretty janky, but it's 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 all working towards the same goal, and that's very laudable. A lot of it looks very good. A lot of it looks very bad. I think I have to go a seven, even though I want to give it a nine. <laughs> Jake. I gave it an eight. I. This this movie is the effects. Like some of yeah. it doesn't look great, but it's a tiny budget movie that does I, 
a hell of a lot. It's I guess we, one of a kind. Nothing else is remotely like what you see when you watch this movie. That is a very worthwhile thing. Yeah, not all of it looks amazing, but they had like four dollars they're working with. We haven't specifically Whatever. called out the. I think the best thing this movie does from an effects perspective is the final form of the Iron Man. Like he that and it moves a lot. He's in focus yeah. a lot, in light a lot, and that looks pretty legitimately great. Yeah, and we have also talked about the audio. I think is pretty perfect here. Like it's not amazing, but it fits almost perfectly. So I would say like both from like a, a visual and an audio standpoint, it works exactly how it should. Yep. To to benefit the film. Yep. Mark. Yeah, seven practical effects extravaganza. Hell yeah, that's all I have to say. Yep. It's gonna take us into overall, and I'm giving it a six overall. This movie is it's lower than I thought. Lun- in. L- lunacy incarnate. Uh, this movie is this movie is six. a fever dream, like you said. It is an assault on the senses. It's hard to watch, but it's fun to watch. It's I I enjoy it very much. It is the most specific movie we might have reviewed on this podcast. It is quite something. It is quite something, and I, I'm giving it a very weird middle-of-the-road score for overall. Yeah, but... I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's one of those I... things where like it swings so wildly in both directions that you just sort of end up in the middle for some reason. Yeah, you got to credit it <laughs> like, for the stuff so, it deserves. It's so remarkable that it ends up being middling. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it, and it deserves credit for the stuff it does, but it's also... Yeah really rough in a lot of spots too like it ah it feels like a, it feels like a six to me jake it's like also if you're trying to make something that's rough and abrasive like that might not hey you succeeded yeah it's yeah. like eating an entire bottle of flintstones vitamins yeah it's exactly like that. that you have experience with that mark you want no. anything you want to say <laughs> i don't have anything i want to say I had to go to the ER once, you know, but whatever. <laughs> delicious. Um, i gave this a seven i was higher than jack i'm actually surprised by that i i think this is a totally unique example of what horror can be and i respect the hell out of it for it so i gave it that bump up um is it one of my favorite movies of all time i mean no but it's one of the movies that sticks with me most because it's so unique like i said so i think that counts for something it has to yeah mark i gave it a three and a half um same reasons different score i don't this is an extremely abrasive assault on the senses that I was not prepared for as a person. Yeah. And you guys had a little bit more warning than I did. I think we need like five years, then I want you to watch this again. Okay. But you need time. Yeah. I need time to heal. Yeah. And then if you watch that again, knowing what it is, I, I want to see what that's going to be like for you. Okay. Cool. Well, gents, it's time to talk about to whom the hell we would recommend this. And for me, it's it's like close friends that you know. What Like, Mark, I would recommend this to you. I would have recommended it to you blind. I did make you watch it blind. I'm very pleased about that. I don't. I didn't think you were going to like this movie very much. But Correct. it's still, I, it's, it's one that like, I feel, it's from a horror fan perspective and also just from a cinema perspective, it's kind of an important watch. And it's also just a buck wild viewing experience. So there's specific cinephiles to whom you could recommend this and not many other people. Yeah, exactly. If you're in a film class. I think cinephiles is a really good group, you know? I I want to say I want to I would recommend this to anyone because I think that this is what should be like that people should like go through this experience and see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. that's not how life works. So, let's say cinephiles. <laughs> if if Mark- if you have seen a lot of horror films and you haven't seen this movie, then you should watch this film. Also, if you are a proclaimed cinephile or you really are a movie buff, you should also see this film. And other than that, you'll know by the conversation that we had whether this is for you. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. 
And it's 66 minutes long or whatever. Like, uh, fuck it. It's not that much time, yeah. Do we miss anything, Mark? No. Nailed all right, it. let's get I'm the I'm going to recommend this here. to my parents. Uh, yeah, do. to all of my all of my friends that don't like horror movies, it's a very watchable experience. I would recommend this to my dad, but specifically with the instructions that after my mom has gone to sleep, I, I as soon as as soon as my one year old is like, you know, once she gets through Moana, I'm gonna be like, cool, let's watch Tetsuo, bro. The logical we're still, next step from Moana to doing, Tetsuo. If we're still doing this in a few years, like we're gonna have issues. Oh. Yeah, because I'm not gonna be able to watch anything until she goes to sleep. Well, yeah, I mean that and the fact that like there's there are a variety of things. We're also gonna have a deep well of recurring patcasts where we watch horror movies with our children and where then have we them copy the cadaver cast format. But yes, probably just do exactly. a worse blatantly job. copy it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first thing we blatantly copied. Hey, we blatantly copied, and people blatantly copy us. It's fine. It's a it's a give and take. Nothing totally. original under the sun. First in commerce. But seriously, listener, if you haven't listened to the Cadavercast, it is a delightful yeah, podcast. Yeah, you should go. We're just fucking around. It's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we want to copy it. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay, this has been episode 251 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you're still here hanging out with us and you like what you're hearing, which you do, I'm assuming, if you're still here. As Jack mentioned at the top it's of the episode, there are a number of places that your money could be going that would be helpful. Those are linked in the description below. If you do want to throw us some money on Patreon, you're going to get some cool perks like PatCast, which we're about to go and record one of right now. We're going to be talking about Justin Benson and Aaron Scott Moorhead and their filmography. We are big fans, and we're going to discuss it more in a PatCast that members of a certain level are going to have access to. That said, all of those proceeds are going to Feeding America as they have been for at least the last two years, I feel like, at this point. Long time. Long time. Uh, music that you're hearing right now is coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, as I just mentioned, we're about to record a podcast about Benson and Moorhead. Look, in our last, in, in our draft, I came in unprepared. I picked a feast. I still will watch that movie and I'll report back on it. But I want to flip one because as we were thinking about this podcast and their body of work, CJ I really wanted to go back and watch Resolution, so I'm flipping it. Next week is going to be Resolution from Justin Benson and Aaron Scott Moorhead. It's going to come at you soon. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. You can get through this in seven seconds, I think. Hey, Mark, do you want to do a seven-second plot synopsis? No. <laughs>